Hey, what's up? It's Josh Todd from Buck Cherry, and you're watching CMS TV. Check it out. nasty release it's uh, black and blue with i want it all i want it now yeah that yeah. was what ron jeremy said when he was at the house of blues exactly I want it all and i want it now god damn it exactly well since we were talking earlier about uh you know time passing and when did this happen and when did that happen mm -hmm. uh strangely enough it was a very weird circumstance that uh i met jamie st james of black and blue mm -hmm. uh for a weird unknown reason even to him he moved to cleveland of all places or just outside right. of cleveland and uh i was with our good friend long-haired mike rest in peace right uh at the uh agora the cleveland agora and we were there uh, during the world series of metal and, uh, your friend, uh, Mitch Krzyzewski, yeah, uh, used to put on this yearly thing, the world series of metal, which usually lasted like three days. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we were there, uh, long haired Mike and I were there on a Sunday night and, uh, Dawkin was, uh, headlining the show. They were on their race to slate tour. Right. Mm -hmm. in 1999. Right. And, uh, so long haired Mike says to me, we were kind of, there was like a break in the music and stuff. And he says to me, he goes, Hey, isn't that Jamie St. James standing over there at the bar? And I looked over and there's this guy with long blonde curly hair. And I'm just like, yeah, that guy looks really familiar. Sure. And he goes, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's him. And I'm just like, why would he be here in Cleveland? <laughs> right. Just just weird out of the blue. And so I said, well, I'll go over and ask him. And so I walked over and I said, Hey, are you Jamie St. James? And he goes, yeah. And I'm just like, what are you doing here in Cleveland? And he goes, I live here now. <laughs> just like, why are you here? And so he just started telling me this whole story that, uh, he moved to Cleveland and it was away from the LA scene and he owned a house out in the Western or the, actually the Eastern suburbs of Cleveland and sure, you know, this whole thing. And so I, I was doing the classic metal show at the time. I was like uh, three years in at this time. And I told him, I said, well, I do this radio show and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. I told him all about it. And I said, Hey, if you're in the area, I'd love to have you come down and be a part of the show. And, he was just like, yeah, I'd love to do that here. Give me your number and the whole thing. And it's right. real friendly, you know, sure. And this is when you still had music's bottom line. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I was going to do an in-depth interview with Jamie St. James. And I, I did this whole interview with him that you published in your magazine. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he, uh, he wanted to get back into music. He was kind of whole blown out on the whole music scene. And, 
he was just like, yeah, I kind of had to get out of the LA scene and this just wasn't my thing. And what he was doing at the time, uh, when he moved to Cleveland is, is he wanted to just, you know, be out of the whole music business altogether. Yeah. He wanted to be a regular guy. Yeah. And he was building a dog kennel, like, like right. where people board their dogs. Right, right, right. And that, and that was the business he was going to get into is that he was going to board dogs. Okay. And I was just like, this is fucking ridiculous. This guy, <laughs> you know, this, this guy has a career, you know, he's kind of known in a way. I mean, he right. wasn't a big star or anything, but you know, he, he had MTV music videos and yeah. And they toured you know, with kiss and everything, you know, you know, he was connected with Kiss. Obviously, Tommy Thayer uh, is now the Kiss guitarist, but sure. at the time, he was like a tech roadie guy with Kiss, and you know, and uh, you know, way back. Uh, the, do you do you know how uh, Black and Blue got signed to a record label? I really don't. I, I know it has something to do with Gene Simmons, but I don't know. No, it had nothing to do with Gene. Simmons. Oh no, I it had to do with with our good friend Don Dockin did not know that uh you know basically uh don had seen black and blue performing in hollywood and this was actually before Dawkins got signed and don okay doing some uh producing and so on he you know don don you know people don't realize how influential don was very early in his career right but he he discovered uh great white Right. Mm -hmm. And and produced their first record. And he did the same thing with black and blue. He, uh, found black and blue. They were playing the Hollywood scene and he liked what they did. And he basically, uh, brokered their first record deal. Okay. You know, and, and basically he was just like, say, if you get signed before Dockin does, you know, this is fucking bullshit. You know, one of those deals, (laughs) you know, Don had been kicking around LA Hollywood area since the late seventies. Sure. And here comes this upstart black and blue from the upper Northwest. Right. I believe they were from Portland, Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, he basically got them signed before he got talking signed. Now, was this before or after they appeared on the, uh, metal massacre? Uh, boy, to be honest with you, I don't know the answer. Okay. So anyway, uh, so this Jamie St. James, he just ends up in the Cleveland area for no apparent reason. Right. You know, and it's just like, well, why did you end up here? And he was just like, well, you know, I, I told my realtor, find me somewhere in the country uh, that's reasonable price to live, you know, has somewhat of an economy, blah, blah, blah. And okay. so he found him like a house and, uh, it was, I, I can't remember where he lived. He lived east of Cleveland, just like, just kind of Euclid like, or somewhere. Yeah, so, well, a little North, a little Northeast of where you live. Okay. And somewhere, uh, somewhere. yeah, yeah. Somewhat. Well, a little bit further North than that, maybe Chardon or something like that. Okay. Yeah. He was up in that area. And, uh, so you know, I, I made acquaintance with him at the show and, you know, for some reason he just sort of like took, took, uh, interest in what I had to say. And he came down to the classic metal show at WSTB and he gave me the whole black and blue catalog and 
invited me out to his house. And, you know, I, I hung out and became very friendly with Jamie St. James. Sure. Just, just a weird coincidental thing. Right. And, and, and to think this happened 24 years ago. <laughs> Another one. Yeah. There you go. So it's over 20 years ago. Yeah. But, but he resided in the, uh, the Cleveland area for about three or four years, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in fact, I did a classic metal show night out at, uh, at Billy's club, uh, the revolution. Right. And, uh, I introduced him actually to Billy Morris. Right. Okay. Uh, we were at, uh, what was the show that we were at? I'm trying to think uh, Billy was at the show. I'm trying to think it was like, it was like at the Akron civic or something. And, uh, Billy's cousin, what's his cousin's name? Billy's cousin. Yeah. His, uh, his cousin is a musician as well. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, something Morris, his last name is Morris as well. But, but anyway, regardless of that, uh, Billy and his cousin and Billy had some, you know, musician friends and Jamie made friends with them. I introduced him to Billy because Billy's band was playing opening for the show. I'm trying to remember what show it was we were at, but regardless of that, I, I introduced him to Billy and he put together a lineup, including Billy. And, uh, he called it, uh, he, he wanted, he was looking to do like a seventies thing, kind of like a, like a, you know, not, not to be indict, uh, uh, Jamie with, with this, but kind of a Gary glitter, kind of a, uh, New York dolls, kind of like a glam, sure. like a glam rock thing, seventies mm-hmm. like type of glam rock thing. Right. And, and he called it the glorious things is what he called it. That's right. I forgot all about that originally, but then, you know, that didn't kind of catch on. It wasn't a good name. And so he just called it St. James. He right. just a whole last name thing, kind of like Van Halen or Dokken or slaughter or whatever, you know, he just kind of went with the last name thing and he put out a, a record and, uh, I had him do. He played a couple of classic metal show nights out with, uh, Ron's crossroads. Right. And he did one at, uh, you know, the revolution and, you know, he was always very willing to work with me, you know, even though there was no, you know, little to no money involved. Right. You know, he came out and played and, uh, he did and, and he did make a record and, you know, that kind of a thing. And, uh, he kicked around Cleveland for a couple of years and then he went up and left, went back to LA, which is, you know, where I believe he's there today and, you know, put back together an incarnation of black and blue. And they put, put out that record. I think it was like 2007. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, so he recorded a black and blue record with, uh, most of the members of black and blue was, I don't think obviously, uh, yeah, air air was not part of that, but, but you and I had a special edition of the classic metal show because, uh, rip magazine, uh, you know, um, lawn friend. Yeah. Lawn. What, 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 what would you consider? Founder or owner or Uh, lead writer or whatever. He was the editor. Yeah. The editor in chief. Yeah. Editor in chief, a lawn friend came into town and that was a whole nother story how you and i became you know 
familiar with him. Sure. But he was in town and I picked him up at, uh, at the airport and brought him out here to the CMS studio one, as you see it today. And he came out and, um, we had, uh, Jamie St. James, Tommy Thayer called in. Right. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tommy Thayer called in Jamie St. James called in Don Dockin called in, uh, different people called in, uh, during that show you know, to talk to lawn and, uh, talked about black and blue and talked about their history with, you know, all that stuff. It, it was actually a pretty cool show. It was, yeah, just, it was, it was just like a one-off. It was just like, well, I, we got one friend here and Jamie St. James is calling in and, uh, you know, Tommy Thayer is calling in and Don Dockin is calling in. <laughs> it was just kind of a fun thing for a couple of dudes, you and I, who, for all intents and purposes, we we're just a couple of dudes just yeah. doing something that, uh, at the time. And if you think back about this, this was like 2006, maybe yeah. 2007 mm -hmm. and, and the internet, you know, even though it's something we use every day was still pretty fresh Yeah, as far as doing like internet broadcast and things sure. like that. Were we still on live 365 at that no, point? No, I, think I, I think we uh, had branched off into like uh, Stickman Radio, Stickman or Pure Rock Radio, or or Wicked like Brew. <laughs> well, I don't think it was Wicked Brew, but it was in that time frame, though. Right. But but we uh, we were able to you know do a live show and take phone calls and chit chat about all kinds of shit and you know having lawn friend here in my home. Yeah, <laughs> which which was pretty cool because you and I both were fans of uh, Rip Magazine. Absolutely, you know, and so to to pick a lawn friend up at Midway Airport and bring him out here, and then do a show, and then have these guys call in, it was it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, that was when we were adventurous. When we used well, to still do shit. <laughs> well, we were just to, well, we were just figuring it out at that time. Yeah. You know, we were just trying to make something happen because, you know, we're, we're, again, we're talking, uh, 10, 14, 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. Long time, man. So, uh, you know, and I, and I've run into lawn two or three times since then. Okay. Uh, for some reason, uh, I remember Dawkins was playing at the house of blues. And, um, uh, I know you haven't been to the one in downtown, but it's, it's basically situated right in between the, <laughs> the, uh, Marina towers. I know I'm sure you've seen the Marina towers sure. look like two corn cobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, the house of blues are down there and there's a hotel right next to the house of blues and the house of blues put, uh, I believe, I don't, I don't remember if it was doc in the band or if don was playing i think it was don was playing the solo show when he was you know promoting as uh solitary release and was opening okay. up for um queens okay well lawn friend just happened to be in town to see prince okay that night but for some reason prince canceled he was playing at the united center or something like that and he canceled the show because he was sick or something 
Okay. So Lon and his entourage uh, came over to the House of Blues because Queensryche was playing over there. I believe it was when Don was opening, just doing an acoustic thing. And uh, Lon came over to the show, and, uh, you know, he remembered me, and, and of course, he knew Don, of course. <laughs> right. It was just sort of like, oh, this is pretty cool. And so after the show was over, Don invited us up to a suite, uh, which is which was right next to the House of Blues, and Don had to jet out early. I mean, early, like 2, right. 2.30 in the morning, and you know, Lon was just like, Hey, you know, I'm in town. I'm not doing anything. And Don's like, yeah, if you want my room, go ahead and take it. <laughs> so he gave Lon his room. Right. And, uh, Don had to leave because he had to fly out or some shit. But regardless of that, uh, then I ran into Lon again, uh, out in LA. I was out in, in West Hollywood and I ran into him. He, if I, I don't remember the circumstances, but I, I was out there going to a show at the whiskey or something like that. Right. And I, and I just happened to run into lawn and, uh, he was just hanging out or something. And I was just like, Hey, you know, what's, what are you doing? I said, you know, I'm going to go up here to the rainbow. I said, uh, you know, you, I'll buy you dinner. And he was just like, yeah, cool. You know? So he went with me and I sat at the rainbow and bought lawn friend dinner. Nice. And we sat here <laughs> just shot to shit about all kinds of stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. So it, it was just kind of weird how that stuff happens. You know, you just kind of run into people and yeah. it's like, oh, hey, man, what, what's up? You know? Yeah, dude. I mean, it, it really is bizarre in the world that we live in today, me and you, how these relationships, I mean, none of these things I would have ever thought. I never, even when I was in radio, when I was on commercial radio, I didn't make other, other than the Pantera boys and peripherally David Ellison. I really didn't make a whole lot of friends with any of the band guys. Well, you had Jeff Tate, right? I, I mean, I knew Tate, but I didn't know him in the, in the, Hey bud, what's up? Yeah. You know? but, but I mean, you did. You, you did get him from the airport. Wasn't oh yeah. That? Yeah. I did that. I, I mean, I did that. I, I'm just saying actual relationships yeah, with these sure, guys, sure. Yeah. you know, and then, you know, the last, I don't know what happened here when I came back to the show, if the show just because of time, I'm assuming, you know, we, we've, we've been around so long that now everybody knows the name. Yeah. 27 years. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a long time. I mean, that's most of these guys whole careers or Girl. the bulk of their careers, you know, to where now it's like, you know, when these guys hear our names and stuff, they know us and they're, you know, we have friendship. I mean, both of us have friends, you know, friends that are friends in between touring the world, right? you know, <laughs> you know doing, doing stuff, you know, it's really quite humbling for me that was just a rock kid that all I ever wanted to do was have a microphone in front of me and be friendly with these guys. Here I am doing it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's great. I love it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, for, for me personally to, to have, you know, to have a couple of these guys <laughs> come to my home. Sure. Which was like, you know, I've had Russ Dorf here, which is weird. Billy McCarthy. Yeah. Billy McCarthy's been here. Don Dawkins been here. Um, uh, obviously Lon friend has been here. It's like, this is weird. I got these guys in my home. Yeah. 
You know, it's just, it's just, okay. Yeah. How did this happen? You know, yeah, these same guys that you, you know, when you were younger, you were watching on MTV going, man, I, I hope I meet that guy someday. Or picking up their magazine or seeing yeah. them in metal edge or, you know, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, and, and knowing you as meticulous as you are fucking having lawn friend while you have the, the rip magazines on your, on your little coffee table spread out on the table. You know, I can see you'd be looking at that going, God damn it. How did this fucking happen? Well, I'll tell you the story. He signed right. every one of them. Did he? He did. I got I have every one of them. I so do. I do. I have a stack of rip magazines and lawn went through and signed every one of them. He literally signed like 90 magazines or whatever, 150 he, magazines. He, did. <laughs> he, he signed, he signed, well, he didn't sign that many, but he signed a stack of rip magazines. Wow. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that to me was just like, well, shit, this, this guy is the guy. Yeah. You know, without this guy, I wouldn't have this stack of magazines. You know? Exactly. You know, and he's here and he's with a Sharpie and he's sitting there just signing them all. You know, yep. like, holy shit, this is Lon Friend signing yep. my magazines. You know, it's just like, holy shit, that's fucking crazy. Exactly. Are you like me that the personal connection that you have to whatever craft they did? is more makes them more important than the amount of celebrity. What oh. I mean by that is, you know, is Don Dockin more important than James Hetfield oh, to yeah. you because, yeah. because you have a connection to that music. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. That's the way I am too. It's like little thing, you know, I still get really excited when I, when I meet people that most people will be like, who the fuck is that? You know, I'll be like, well, wait a minute. This is, this is Bob Clear Mountain, of course. He produced the fucking Bon Jovi records or whatever, right, you know. Right, and right, I'll right. and I'll be excited as I'll get out. And people are like Bob Clear Mountain. Who like, the right. fuck is that guy? Yeah, of course. You know, that always makes me excited. Is you know, like when I when I had the chance to to interview Max Norman. Mm -hmm. Now Max is a name, and I'm sure people, even listeners, were like, "Wow, that's a pretty cool one," but. For me, that was like the ultimate get. Yeah. Well, for me, standing there with him, making a short little video on my phone, yeah. it was just like, here's Max Norman. I'm just standing right here next to him and just shooting the shit with him. Yeah. And you sent it to me and I, I was like a little fucking kid. <laughs> I was, I was literally like the kid that won the tickets for the, for his favorite band when I was like 13 years old on the radio. Right. I was like, holy fuck. Max Norman saying hello to me. Right. You know, that shit was nuts to me. Yeah. But yeah, just, uh, just, uh, you know, and I felt the same way when I met Eddie trunk, I was just like, this is Eddie trunk. Jesus yeah. Christ. Do you still feel that way? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, speaking of that, since yeah. I, since I, you know, caught your show on Monday with Eric. Sure. And he talked about, uh, Eddie being at the, uh, the, uh, Las Chris Vegas angel. Yeah. yeah the Chris, the angel, Chris angel gig in Las Vegas. It was funny to hear Eric talk about that. He says, yeah, you know, I've been part of Steven's band for 20 years. Right. And I, this guy has been out at, you know, umpteen shows, right. never, never paid any attention to me at all. Never gave me the time of day. 
and now he comes over hey man how you doing everything good i've told the exact same story that that you know over the years when i've seen eddie he never gave me the time of day but now when i see eddie and i don't give him the time of day he comes over and it's hey man good to see you are you doing okay? Everything good? How's everything, man? You know, that kind of thing. And it's like, right. and I listened to Eric tell that story and right. it just made me laugh. I actually laughed about that. I was just like, yeah, that's, that's exactly how it went. You know, yeah. dude, how, you know, it may not because you don't know the guy, you probably didn't get how impactful, uh, Scott bowling trashing him was scott bowling who was my guest he, he's a podcaster for people yeah, that don't know sure. and he's really high end like if you watch his shows his shows are definitely know, you, you talked about the camera work and yeah. and, and the thing is is the, the scott bowling mm-hmm. spends a shit ton of personal money yeah like five to ten grand an episode i know and and, and again i don't know scott as far as his background or what he does or what kind yeah. of, you know, income he has and whatever. But, you know, obviously he mentioned the fact that the wife is getting on him for, you know, <laughs> what is this netting us, you know, that, that yeah. whole thing. And I get it. And, and, and the thing is, is the way that you guys spoke about his programs mm-hmm. and the work and the editing and the camera work and getting certain guests and, providing craft service for everybody and food and yeah, you know, all that crazy. kind of stuff. He, he spends a lot of money on his passion. He does. Yeah. If you, if you want to call it a hobby or a passion or whatever the case may be. And I, you know, I, I know that you spoke with him about, you know, are you marketing your show to like Axios and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. yeah. but, but it's clear that this guy spends a lot of money in what he does because he believes in what he does. Absolutely true. And, you know, and he talked about uh, bringing people to his home, his studio, mm-hmm. be it Eddie Trunk or anybody else that he wants to interview and brings them in. And, and he uh, flies them in. He yeah, flies them in. I'm trying to say, bring them in, flies them in, whatever the case may be, provides them with accommodations. Yeah. Food, drink, uh, you know, it's like booking a concert for this guy, car service, all that kind of stuff to bring them to and from and all that kind of a thing. You know, he provides all that like a promoter, Mm -hmm. you know, and the thing is, is again, I don't know what his, what his (laughs) financial situation is. He, uh, he, he's he's success. He's successful or has a successful background. And this kind of reminds me of the guy who, who started dead daisies. Yeah. Probably not at that level, but certainly, certainly he's got a similar attitude though. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I want to do. So I'm going to get the top notch guys. I'm going to test this. I'm going to do that. And, and they do. Yeah. You know, and I did, and I did watch that interview. He seems like a very cool guy, very laid back, very easy. And he just, he just likes what he does. He does. And the fact that he is that way, like I've talked to him, you know, off, off show a bunch of times too. 
he is not the guy that is ever going to throw any kind of real heat at anybody. And he threw some real fucking haymakers at Eddie trunk. Yeah, he did. He, he just was kind of like put off by the attitude. Yeah. And, and the comparison I think was good when he could, when we compared him to Jose Mangan, who's the nicest guy in metal, you know, just, just him saying, yeah, Jose came and he brought CDs and they were all signed. He, he gave me this and he, he couldn't wait to be there. And he almost missed his flight because he was hanging out and, then Eddie comes, he's looking at his watch and he's like, when do I leave? And you know, how long do we have to do this? And I was like, damn, I, I really didn't expect Scott. I really, you know, I, I didn't expect confrontational guy and he, and he wasn't really confrontational the way he said it, but he really told it like, man, this guy was a dick. He really kind of put it all. That was my read. Is that how you read it when you were watching it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the whole thing, uh, the whole thing about Scott and, and again, I don't know the guy, yeah. at all, but, uh, the fact that he actually watches this show oh yeah, as well, as well as your other, you know, your other, my other junk, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> but, but, uh, I think, I think what, uh, you know, I was, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for that I was, uh, uh, surprised about is that he was actually quoting things from this show. Right. You know, and it was just like, Oh, well, you're, you're an actual watcher. You actually watch or listen, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. You know, cause he, he made mention that, you know, I watch a bunch of shows. I watch sure. a bunch of them and I watch what other people are doing and I kind of want to learn or maybe mm -hmm. borrow something from that or whatever sure. it may be. And that, that to me, uh, I was flattered by that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, it's like, who are we? You're the one with the fucking five grand, 10 grand a month or yeah. an episode. You know? yeah, <laughs> We're happy if we've made 10 grand in our fucking entire 27 year run. Exactly. The doubt we have. Right. But, uh, yeah, he, he seemed to be a pretty cool guy. Just kind of laid back again. I'm not, don't know him at all, but, uh, yeah. but you know, he was, he was cool to come on the show on Monday with you and Eric and just, you know, chit chat it up a little bit and kind of give a little behind the scene look as to what he does or what he provides sure. or how he, um, uh, logistically what he does to, to get guests on his show. Yeah, it and really good, was quite amazing. And good guests. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dude, to his house, you know, he's bringing, okay, well, here's here's the guys from Corn. Here's the guys from Limp Biscuit. Here's, here's you know, POD. You know, I, I keep mentioning those three because there's only three that are coming to my mind for some reason. But he's had all kinds of guests, and, and they're all name guys. And it's like, damn, how well, are you I doing had, that? What I had to laugh about, though. Even mm -hmm. a guy like that who who obviously is successful. Right. Um, he had to sneak a pinball machine into his house <laughs> undetected from, from his the wife. From the wife. Yeah. Yeah, the wives are a real pain in the dick. It's like I, I would hate to have to sneak around. I'm with you. Know? You know, the thing is, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I have a 2018 Camaro SS. Mm -hmm. And so over the break, while I was, you know, 
off for five days. I was looking online to see, is there a Camaro SS with the same package that I have? Is, is there a new one available out there somewhere? Right. Uh, and I was looking at them and, and I, I was able to find one within, you know, the region. Okay. And it was like 60 grand. Oof. And I was thinking, okay, I'm fine with mine. There's nothing wrong with mine right. aside from the mileage. Could I go down there and plunk down that kind of money, trade in mine and plunk down the balance and take one home? And I thought I could do that today. Maybe yeah. I could go to out there and, and that's an impulsive thing. Sure. And, I, and I'm not an impulsive person, but, right. but the, but the immediate impulse is, yeah, I'm going to go do that. And then I was just like, ah, do I really need to do that? Sure. Well, I got $500 right here for the old one. <laughs> so, but, but you know, that was my thinking at the time. Sure. And, and I was thinking also, since we're talking about wives, could you imagine if I had a wife and I, oh. I'm going to go out and I'm going to trade in the Camaro and I'm going to bring home a new one. First of all, you wouldn't have that one. Yeah. Well, you're right about that. You'd be like, can I go trade in the Kia soul for a fucking <laughs> two bencher for a two bench mini? <laughs> so I was thinking, man, if I had a wife who even had any kind of an inkling that I was even thinking about this or considering it, could you imagine the shit storm that I would be facing at this very moment? Fuck no. You would be, you would be in divorce court. Of course. There's no way you could do with a wife. No yeah, way. But, but I literally was thinking, well, it's Tuesday. I'm off today. And there's one available like 15 minutes from here. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go trade this one in. I'm going to go get a brand new one. Right. And, um, I'm going to plunk down, uh, you know, uh, 35 grand and I'm going to drive out with this one. Yeah. And, and I sat there and thought about it and I was like, mm, you know what? I'm, I'm going to wait for the even year tw- 2024. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to hold out for another year and then I'm going to go do it. Right. You know, but, but, but I had to sit there and kind of convince myself that even though the temptation was real anthrax, the threat is real. <laughs> right. I was actually thinking about it, but then I had to sit there and reason with myself and go, uh, you know, as much as I would love that, I'm going to just hold out a little bit longer, you know, and I'm going to make the big score when, uh, supposedly this is the last year that they're going to do this. What make Camaros? Yeah. Okay. The, the last year of the muscle cars is, is upon us. The, uh, the green energy people have destroyed everything for us. Everything oh, is good. electric now. Oh, man, I can't you wait know, to see you in an electric car. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, in Vegas, they're having some big send away for the Chrysler products, the big challenger, the, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the real high horsepower cars, Yeah, they're doing a big send off for them because that's the end of the line for that. Right. And have you seen, while we're on this topic real quick, have you seen these, the new Domino's pizza commercials? Yes. 
where they say, we've got big news for you. But the thing is, is most people drive their own, their car. own car. Yeah. It's not, it's not like Domino's has a choice. Yeah. And, and let's be even more honest. Has there ever, how many pizzas do you think you've ordered in your life? A hundred ordered, ordered brought to my door, your door or work or wherever. Not even a hundred, maybe okay. 50 in my life. I'm just talking about okay. Fair enough. F even if it's 50, 50 yeah. is a good number. 50. How many of those 50 did you look out the window and go, Hey, look he's at the car driving that pizza to me. Yeah. He's driving something sensible like a Nissan or a, or no. you know, a Toyota or some shit. No. I can tell you that five seconds after the the pizza's in my hand, I could not tell you what kind of car what delivery, who the person, what their name was, what they looked like. Certainly not. Oh yeah. Well, they were driving a fucking yeah, 2016 were, Ultima. They were being green and responsible. No one gives a shit. No one I gives a fuck about that. The, the only thing they care about is, did you get my toppings right? Yeah. Is my order correct? That's it. But I see these commercials. Domino's is going to electrify you with are, are they? energy efficient green electrify me. Since, since when does Domino provide the cars? Yeah. Of, well, I mean, they always provided like a truck. I, I mean, the Domino's I worked at provided one truck 30, and then everybody else was 30, paid mileage 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But then nobody wanted to drive the truck. Cause then you didn't get mileage. Yeah. But, but, does Domino's do the Domino's franchise actually have a vehicle? I think they all still do. Do they? I think they do. I, I don't think I personally, I'm only talking about myself, but, uh, I don't personally, I don't think I've actually seen a vehicle with a Domino sign on it. Oh, I, I know that the Twinsburg Domino's has a, has a car. It's not okay. a truck. It's a, it's like a, it looks like it's a fucking smart car or something. Okay. It looks ridiculous. It's just about the size of a fucking meatball that you'd put on a pizza, but yeah. So it could be crushed by a semi. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, so anyway, yeah. But yeah. These electric cars are just ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's like some big send off in Las Vegas or having some kind of a, I don't know, a convention or a show in Las Vegas right. where they're sending off the muscle cars of the Chrysler generation, the challenger and the chargers, right. You know, and that's the end of the line. And supposedly, uh, Chevrolet is going to end the Camaro in 2024. Great. And you know, that's the end of the muscle car era. But here, here's the funny goddamn thing. And this, this just makes me sick as a, as a motor guy, a okay. guy who enjoys fast cars and horsepower and all that shit. Sure. So the, the alternative now is that you're going to have quote unquote muscle cars that are electrified, but they have like a Bose system that mimics muscle car sound. Oh, how cool is that? So, so when you step on the gas, it goes. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of having a fucking electric car that makes well, no noise? 
But it sounds cool. No, oh, just ugh. So, so that's so the they're whole. gonna they're gonna take another manly thing and turn it completely gay. Yeah, basically, yeah. So 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 it's the whole well, you know, it's an electric car and it doesn't quite have the 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 you know the horsepower and the sound of a of a gas engine, but we have a a program that when you step yeah. on the throttle, it sounds like you're revving an engine. You know what? The bottom line to that story is anytime it's put together by the geeks that, that takes anything cool away from it. Right. Sorry. And that's coming from somebody that is one of these geeks. That right. is a fucking tech it, that just it, takes the cool right out of it. It doesn't sound like this. The classic metal show. No, it probably sounds exactly like that. It just does. It just, it's just a speaker though. It, it just comes out of a speaker system. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it's not cool like that. It's just a speaker. Right. Broom, broom. <laughs> Maybe if you pay extra, you can just have a guy that makes the noise for you. Exactly. Sits in the back seat. Broom, 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 broom. You know, ugh. the classic metal show. Was that your Tesla? <laughs> wow. So there you are. That is the fucking worst. But, but that's the whole thing. So the, the next generation of electric cars, they'll have a speaker system that sounds Great. like that. Fan fucking tastic. Right. That is the gayest shit I think <laughs> that has ever been uttered on this show. That's really, really pathetically. Yeah, gay. So, so it has a uh, Harman Kardon system or a Bose system or something that's mm -hmm. uh, that's connected to some kind of a program that, when you step on the throttle, uh, it it sounds like you're accelerating with a muscle car. <laughs> Fantastic! Can I get that for my riding lawnmower too? Because I want that to sound equally cool. Jeez, oh man, are you kidding me with this shit? Yeah. At that point, I mean, I mean, can you see rolling up with your fucking, with your Bose enhanced car to like a, a what do they call those? The, the, when they set up a, a swap or whatever in the, in a parking lot. Yeah. A car cruise. What do they call that? Yeah, a cruise. A cruise. Yeah. Sure. You know, can you imagine that roll up and you see a fucking 2025 SS? Hooked to a charger is what it'll now be called. The SS right. hooked to the charger. Sure. Oh, geez. Oh, man. That's just poor. Yep. Well, we got to save the environment, man. Yeah, do we? Because, yeah, uh, you know, the power plants are pumping out extra, you know, carbon into the, you know, atmosphere to make more electric so you can charge your battery. Right. <laughs> Great. I hate this world. <laughs> Thank God I'm going to have a life coach in six months to walk sure, you through it. Absolutely. I, I will walk you right through this life. Thank you. <laughs> God, that is just poor. All right. Well, I think this has been a good comeback show. What do you think? Yeah, I would say so. All right. So, uh, well, I'm glad you're feeling a little more. Um, I don't Up? know. 
have a little <laughs> more acceptance for the way things are. It's been a yeah. tough, it's been a tough acceptance for all of us who it has. Uh, well, dude, honestly, if Bob would have died on, and, and I hate to be this guy, but I'm just gonna, if Bob would have died on Monday instead of Friday, I would have been fine on Saturday. I mean, that shit was right, right in our face. You know, there was no time to accept anything. Well, it was like, boom. Okay, here we go. I just want to mention to you, Chris, that you were not quite as up as you should have been. And the show dragged and good you, point, Neely. Good point. You were, you were a little bit more slow than usual. And it was really distracting for me. I, I dragged the show down. So I'm glad you were a little more up and with it this week. Thank you. I hope yeah. YouTube person that said that is, um, full from chowing down on a bag of dicks. <laughs> Fuck off. So, uh, anyway, for, for the first show of, uh, the 28th year of the classic metal show and 2023 and all that. Uh, I think it was a pretty good show. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was fun. This was a good one. Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. We're going to, uh, you know, we'll be back next Saturday. As far as I know. Yes. You know, until, you know, unless something happens between now and then, but, uh, I think I'm going to be here. I'm pretty sure Chris is going to be here. I plan to be. All right. So, uh, our plan is to be back next Saturday. That's right. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate everybody who's tuned in and, uh, listened to the show and checked in and our good friend, mean metal X, who's been with the show for over two decades. That's right. All right. Well, thank you, Scott Nelson. And this guy too. Is he part of Paul R. Nelson? All he right. Might be. All right. Thank you. Jerry C 27 years going in 28 now. Here we go. So uh, appreciate all that, but uh, it's been a long time since we rocked and rolled. That's right. So as a tradition, Mr. Aiken, I will mm -hmm. let you pick a song to take us out for the evening. All right. I am going to go with Dimebag Daryl. Wow. With a song called Ain't No Struggle from The Hits, spelled with a Z. He, they put out a record of Dimebag stuff. Okay. I don't think many people even know, but. All right. And what was the name of the song? Ain't No Struggle. Okay. Uh, oh, got it. All right. Well, we'll we'll play this tune. We'll get out of here. We'll be back next Saturday, uh, God willing, or your higher power willing. That's right. <laughs> Whatever it is that you believe in. Yeah, and make sure you tune in on Monday for me yet again. On Monday's Monday for Chris Aiken presents myself and Eric, and we will have the top 40 band lands down on, the, on the show, as well as, um, Ronnie Monroe, formerly of metal church, now vicious rumors. So yeah, a guy that you pilfered from me as a friend, Did I stole him right out from under you. All right. Well, if you don't mention my, uh, accolades to Ronnie Monroe, I'll be pissed <laughs> off at you. I'm sure Ronnie will mention them to me. Cause he always brings up the CMS. So, yeah. all right. Well, we're going to get out of here. We're going to leave you with dime bag, Daryl rest in peace with, uh, ain't no struggle. So until next Saturday night, this is Neely along with my very good friend, Chris Egan, and we're gone.
Bye, kids. See ya. Thanks for checking out this episode of The Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Ninja!